Leopolder, tied to the back of the caravan, completed the procession. Hard-pressed by the German spearheads thrusting to close the gap between them and the last escape route in France, there was still an intermittent stream of military traffic and troops passing on the opposite side of the road, heading for Saint-Nazaire on the Brittany coast. The remnants of Operation Panther and the weary stragglers from the general retreat across France after Dunkirk threaded through the painfully slow civilian congestion with frequent hold-ups while broken-down vehicles were manhandled out of the way. On the northbound side, only a rare rearguard squadron of light tanks, armored cars, or the occasional army truck being driven back to the wrecking dump pulled out to pass the caravan so that almost always it was the civilian traffic opposite that had to give way or take to the ditches, and this sometimes engendered outright hostility. The woman and the old man appeared either deaf or totally indifferent to the verbal abuse from across the road. At each enforced halt, they and their animals seemed to freeze into stony immobility, waiting only for some signal to reactivate them. But whether this was communicated by the woman or by the leader... The dusty little dog, who sat back squarely on his haunches, as though propped there by rigid front legs, it was impossible to tell. Certainly there was no movement to the reins from the bundle on the seat, into whose folds of shawls the monkey would disappear during the halts. Corporal Sinclair of the Royal Army Service Corps, who by one of the more lunatic entanglements of red tape and chaotic communication, had orders to drive his empty truck back from the coast to be wrecked at Montoire, had inched along at the heels of the donkey for a long mile, unable to swing out and pass, his vision ahead almost obscured by the high-swaying caravan. He had followed it so slowly and so closely that he felt almost as though he were part of it. Once, returning to the truck after maneuvering a broken-down hearse off the road, he had tried to make communication, smiling at the woman as he bent to pat the dog, but the head beneath his fingers was directed only to the woman, and her dark face was unresponsive. A distant stare rewarded his sketchy French. He tried again, proffering a pack of cigarettes. After a moment's hesitation, she took one and tucked it behind her ear, refusing another. But for a fleeting moment, Sinclair saw a relaxation in the grimly set lips, and, as though taking his line from her, the dog stirred his short tail. Soon after that, the road cleared and the caravan and truck started off again. After half a mile, however, they met a straggling platoon of pioneers who had missed their rendezvous somewhere. The sergeant stopped the truck and suggested that the soldier do a kindly about turn and carry his flagging grandfathers back down the road until they found some other available transport. Sinclair had time in hand. His orders were to report first to movement control at Savenay when and however was possible. The useful life of this vehicle might as well be extended. The pioneers piled gratefully in with their picks and shovels, and he set off. It was noon before he caught up with a caravan on his return trip, during a long halt while a convoy passed at erratically spaced intervals. It was hot, dusty, and noisy, the sun beating down from a cloudless sky. The woman had taken out a goatskin water carrier, which she handed up to the old man. He threw back his head and directed a stream of water into his mouth. Then, in turn, she drank. The tethered bear sank down on its haunches, the extended forepaws pressed together, begging. She filled a bottle, clasping it like a child. The bear inserted the open end through the steel and leather of the muzzle and tilted the contents down its throat. A canvas bucket was set in turn before the horse and donkey. 
Finally, she filled an enamel bowl, and the dog came running to lap. A panting black mongrel crossed the road, thrust its head into the bowl, and gulped avidly. The little dog moved aside, unaggressive, until the woman intervened and edged off the intruder. A young woman with a child on her hip crossed the road and held up a tin pitcher, asking for water. There was no reply, and she resorted to sign language, pointing at the child, the pitcher, her mouth. Finally, she shouted, so loudly and angrily that the child howled. Without any recognition, the dark woman continued to hold the bowl while her dog lapped. Only when the other spat contemptuously directly into the bowl did she straighten up, and with eyes blazing, she hurled it at the young woman's skirts. Quick as a flash, although encumbered with child and pitcher, the mother picked up the bowl and aimed it at the little dog, who leaped for the shelter of the driving seat. A stone flew across the road from the hand of an ancient but suddenly agile crone and found a target on the bear's nose as it whimpered.